Welcome to the Linglestown Life Podcast. In today's message, Pastor George Reynolds discusses the parable of the talents and what we do with the good news that has been entrusted to us while we're here on earth. This message was first preached on June 20th, 2021 at the Linglestown Life Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. the Linglestown Life podcast, where our community seeks to love God and love others. Here you'll find timely teachings, important conversations, and encouraging devotionals to improve your life and help you deepen your faith. I want to read to you our story for today. This is one of the stories that Jesus told near the end of his ministry. And uh, in my Bible, it's listed as the parable of the bags of gold. Sometimes it's uh, listed as the parable of the talents. Uh, It's just a matter of how we, how different different translations have that verse. But uh, I want to read this to you today. We're going to begin with verse 14 and read down through, uh, through verse 29. Jesus tells a story. He says, again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one, he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work, and he gained five more bags. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed? Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. 
So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has ten bags. For whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have even what they have will be taken from them. So have you ever found yourself in an in-between space? That that strange place that we oftentimes find ourselves, well, it's sort of between the end of one thing and that which is going to be a new beginning just hasn't really started yet. Uh, I think we've all been there. We, we may not have recognized it immediately, but, but think about it this way. We oftentimes have different transitions in our life. Maybe it's a transition from one home to another. There's that period of time between when you move out of one home and into another. Maybe it was when you changed schools whether it was graduating from high school and going to college, or maybe because your family moved, you went to a new school. Maybe it was beginning a new job. I mean, did you ever, you know, quit one job and start a new job, and there was that time in between, and you were just sort of like, what do I do with myself? Maybe it was when you were getting married. Maybe it was going through a time of divorce or a time of remarriage. Maybe as parents, you've experienced that strange in-between space. Maybe especially if you've suddenly found yourself in this thing called being an empty nester. Maybe you've experienced that strange in-between time when an illness was diagnosed and you figured out how you were going to treat it. Last year... (coughs) Last year, when we found ourselves in the worst part of COVID, we were all in that strange in-between space, right? We were in this season where we, we, we knew that things weren't right, and we didn't know when things were going to be right again. Many people in, in the church started having uh, lots of conversations about what this, what this space was, And for the very first time in my life, I heard somebody use a word, and that word was liminal. They described this period of time in which we were living as a liminal space. And I've now come to understand after hearing the word, I've learned exactly what liminal means. Liminal means to find yourself occupying a transitional space. You're literally crossing over from what you've left behind, but you're not yet fully present in the new space. The the word itself, liminal, actually comes from the Latin, and it talks about the threshold, you know, the the threshold of your, your door. You leave one place, and you're stepping over into a new place. That's what liminal really is talking about. Uh, William Bridges, the author of the book Managing Transitions, calls this the neutral space, not the neutral zone. For those of you who are Star Trek fans, the neutral space, 
okay? It's the space between an ending and a new beginning. Bridges' entire book uh, is really intended to help people figure out how do I let go, how do I walk through the unknown of this neutral zone or this neutral space and eventually embrace a new beginning? When we came to, uh, to the point of merging our two physical campuses a few years ago, we, we really tried to describe or, or explain this neutral space, um, especially for our, our folks who worshiped at the Rockville campus. This was just a, this was a concept that, that really brought some challenges. Because, you know, you want to hold on. You want to hold on to what was, and it's always scary to walk through the neutral zone because you don't quite know what that new beginning is going to be like. And then we got COVID in the midst of the neutral zone, and it really threw everything for a loop. But it's true here at Lingolstown Life. As a whole, we've, we've been jettisoned, really, from from what we've always known, and we're still trying to discern what the future will be. I, I wrote about this in, uh, in, in the e-news from this past week, uh, about the fact that we're, we're, we're not at the finish line yet. We're, we're actually at just the beginning. Um, we're still at the starting line. Now, I, I got to tell you this, last night I was getting ready to go to bed and I turned the, the Olympic time trials on for the, for the U.S. track and field event. And, and it was fascinating because we, I just turned on at the beginning of the 800 race. So all of the runners are standing there and they, they're all getting ready, you know, they're getting psyched up and they all, they all get the call to go up and tow the line and they all get there to the line, and just as they're standing there, they get called off the line. The commentators start talking about, about these false start moments when you think you're ready to go, and yet you have to get prepared to go. And then they did it a second time. They all got up. They all started to toe the line. They're ready to go, and they got another false start, so they all had to step back. Finally, the third time they towed the line, this time the gun went off and they went. It's a good race, too. Um, but, you know, that's where we are right now. We're, we're towing the line and we're waiting for somebody to really say, runners, on your mark, get set, go. Now, some of you are probably sitting there wondering, what does all this have to do with the story you just read? Well, let me begin to, to try and piece it all together for you. You know, one of the things that I tried to, to talk to the teaching team about when we got into talking about this series was, the, was a very simple fact, and that is that, that Jesus' parables don't always just have one simple answer to them. And oftentimes, there's so much that can be pulled out of a parable. And so, as I've been preparing for this message, I would just read it over and over and over again. And I kept trying to figure out what's, the, what's a little nuance in this story that, that really will speak to us about where we're at in our own lives right now. And then as I was doing that, 
I started to think about this question. What do you do while you're waiting? What do you do while you're waiting, while you're in that in-between space, in that neutral zone, in that liminal space, what do you do between the time that you have received something until you have to give account for what was given to you? Because that's ultimately what this story is all about. This story is about the fact that the, the landowner trusted his workers with, with something to be accountable for, but they didn't know when he was coming back. But they knew that there would be a day when they had to give account. And so the story, to me, is not so much about the landowner as it is about these, about these three men and what they do while they are waiting. Because isn't it true? Isn't waiting something that we all hate? I mean, anybody here like to stand in line? Nah, okay. There's always one in the crowd. But we don't like to stand in line. We don't like to wait. But, but what do you do? What do you do when somebody entrusts you with something? Or, or maybe this, what do you do with that which is entrusted to you while you're waiting? What is, it that you do, what is it that we do with what's been entrusted to us while we are waiting? And I think that's the, the point that I want you to learn from today's story that Jesus told. And, and to answer this question, to answer this question, we really need to begin to, uh, to grapple with understanding that God has given you everything you have. Now, just, just try this with me once, okay? Take a breath. And breathe it out. Did you do anything to earn that breath? Did you do anything to deserve that breath? Okay? Uh, to me, that's the simplest way to remind ourselves that everything we have in our life is a trust. It is a gracious gift from someone else. Now, I think, and it's just, just what I've been taught and what, I, what I've grown up believing, that everything I have is a gift from God. My life, my relationships, my work, my possessions, everything I possess is not mine. It is merely a gift that has been entrusted to me for a certain period of time. Now, just in case you think it's yours and that you get to keep it forever and ever and ever, have you seen a hearse or have you ever seen a U-Haul behind a hearse? Okay. What happens? When you die, it goes to somebody else, right? You only get it for a short period of time. And it's a trust. Your life, your possessions, everything you have is a trust that is given to you by God. 
and everything is God's. And God asks us to be responsible for it while we are here breathing oxygen. Now, not only are we trusted with all that, but, but I think it's important that we understand that we are also entrusted with the good news. We're entrusted with the good news of Jesus that brings hope to the world in which we live. We are entrusted with the church, the, these, these physical structures, but, but more than that, with our relationships that make us the body of Christ. And we are also entrusted with this name of Christian. But unfortunately, unfortunately, we live in a day and time when, when just being known as a Christian sometimes doesn't translate into good news. And for me, that says that we maybe have failed in some ways with what we've been entrusted. That people don't think of the church as a place that is full of good news for all people, that to me is a challenge that says we haven't done a good job with what's been entrusted to us. And I think that means that anytime, anytime we fail to support one another, anytime we fail to encourage one another, Anytime we fail to love one another, anytime we allow petty differences to divide us as the body of Christ, the church, well, then we do harm. We do harm to what was entrusted to us by Jesus and to by all the generations that have come before us, and it hurts those generations who will come after us. One other thing to point out about something that God has entrusted to us, I think, are, are found in our words and our actions. Our words and our actions. I mean, think about this for a moment, folks. Our words have the power of life and death. And, and because when we have, find ourselves in a relationship with somebody else, the words that we speak, they're a trust. The words that we say to another person are a trust, and we need to say words that are loving. We need to say words that are kind. We need to say words that are uplifting. We don't need to be tearing down and pulling apart relationships. The other part is, of that is not only our words, but our actions. Our, our actions are so important for how other people come to know the love of Jesus Christ. We, we, have been, we have been blessed with the opportunity to, to enable our neighborhoods and our neighbors to flourish in their life and in the context, and it's all a trust that's been given to us. And the challenge for us is to think about how we honor that trust. Now, if we've clear the air on the fact that everything is a trust that God has given to us, uh, now we have to figure out what are we going to give an account for? Or, or more importantly, what are we going to do when we're asked to give an account for our life and for what we've done with it? 
So what are you going to do with that which is entrusted to you while you are waiting? Now, in the story, when Jesus tells us this story about these three stewards, what do we learn right away about the first two stewards? The scripture tells us that the first two stewards put their money to work. The third steward, what did he do? He dug a hole. He buried what was entrusted to him. So I think there are some real lessons here for all of us to apply to our lives. And the very first one is this. Okay, the first thing we need to do is recognize that we are called to work while we wait. We are called to work while we wait. Now, when the first two stewards received what they got from the landowner, they didn't wait, they didn't rest, they didn't question it, they simply set about doing the work that they had always been entrusted with. They went to work, they, they didn't stop, they didn't say, well, hey, I'm in pretty good shape now, I don't need to do anything. No. They understood the truth of what Paul would later write about to the disciples of Jesus at Colossae when he, when he said this in Colossians 3.17. He said this, and whatever you do, that's a pretty all-encompassing statement, right? Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Whatever you do, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. See, with our life, with our possessions, with the good news and the church, with our words and our actions, you and I are working for God every moment of every day. There's no time off, okay? There's no time off, and it's a whole lot more than just the one hour that you, that you grant to us on a Sunday morning. It takes every moment of your life, so don't allow yourself to become lazy or to become paralyzed by fear like the third servant was. You have to work with what has been placed in your hands. That takes us to the second thing. You need to recognize that you've been entrusted with enough to meet God's expectations of you. Don't worry about God's expectations for somebody else. You worry about the expectations that God has for you. Now, here's something I think is very important to understand. When the landowner entrusted each steward with the bags of gold that he gave them, the landowner knew what could be expected of each steward, right? He didn't just come up with an idea of who should get what. He knew, he knew who the people were that he was entrusting things to. And because he knew the people to whom he was entrusting, what was his, he had an ex expectation that they would be able to manage it. And that unique understanding, <coughs> that unique understanding that God has, has each of us 
has made each of us and entrusted each of us with something unique to us is a great reminder to us of what Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus. Paul says this, for, for we are God's handiwork, okay? When I think of somebody's handiwork, I think of something that people make with their hands, something that people make with the skill and the attention that they have uh, of, of the gifts that they have. We are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus. What? Look, to do good works, okay? God wants us to be put to work, okay? And not just willy-nilly, but God prepared in advance, for us to do what we're called to do. See, God knew what he would entrust into our hands long before we understood what we were receiving. Now, here's the neat thing. God expects you to be able to take what he has fashioned you and created you to do in this world. Therefore, God has given you a, a unique purpose and a unique plan for your life, and he has given you your life, your possessions, everything that you have so that you, so that you can use it for God's glory. And so God has an expectation of each and every one of us. And, and it's important, I think, for us to remember that we're not all the same okay? Nor are the expectations for all of us the same. And that leads us to the number three, and that is that everyone's response is going to be unique to them. You know, the story Jesus tells doesn't include what these first two stewards did to double what they'd been given, but I think that they had to think creatively. They had to be innovative in what they were trying to do. And, and you know, when you think about it, we're all uniquely crafted by God. And how one person uses what's been entrusted to them will be different than the next person. The important thing for all of us is to figure out what is it that God has uniquely crafted me for and then use what has been entrusted to you for that purpose. So please, be innovative, be creative, okay? Don't bury in the ground until the day of accountability what has been placed in your hands. And finally this, and that is that we need to honor the trust that's been placed in our hands. That, that simply means that, that we should not forget that we are and that we have a sacred trust. Look at a person next to you. They are a sacred trust. Okay? And, and my guess is, for a lot of you, you're accountable to those people that you're looking at right now. We are and we have a sacred trust. You know, at, at times it can seem like, well, it's going to be a long time till I have to give account to the one who has placed all of this stuff in my hands. And during that time, we can become complacent. We can become forgetful of what's been entrusted to us. So don't forget that you hold a sacred trust in your hand every day.
So what does all this have to do with you and me living in this liminal time, this in-between time, this neutral space that we find ourselves in? Well, first of all, it reminds me, and I hope it reminds you as well, that God asks us to steward well our life, our ministry, our leadership, our responsibilities to the world. I, I take that very personally, that God has asked me to steward my life and my ministry and my leadership. And no, no matter how uncertain or unsettling this time is that we're living in, I recognize that I have a sacred trust and I have to steward it well. And I hope that you, I hope that you feel the same way about your life that you, you recognize that God is asking you to be a good steward of what he has given to you. And second of all, I think it reminds us that the church, that the church of Jesus Christ and this good news that we have it is a trust that has, has been passed along to us from Jesus and that we are going to pass it along to the next generation of Jesus' followers. And what that means is that you and I need to navigate this in-between time. You know, as the church is grappling with what it has been and what it will be, we need to be able to, to, to pray and to work and to discern, to be creative and innovative in understanding that what has been passed along to us and what we need to pass along to the next generation must be worthy of us sacrificing all of our expectations so that we can pass along the faith that Jesus first entrusted to his first disciples. Challenge for all of us today is to recognize what God has put in these hands of ours and to ask ourselves what am I going to do while I'm waiting to have to give account? Would you join me in a word of prayer? Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for that which you have given to us. And we are mindful this morning of the fact that, that this is a trust that you have given to us for this time for this moment, and that this trust that you have given to us is not meant for us alone, but it is something that is meant for this moment, but it's also meant for those who will follow after us. And so therefore, we want to be faithful to this sacred trust that you have given to us. Lord, whether we're thinking about our lives right now, the things that we possess, whether we're thinking about the gospel and this good news that we have, Lord, it is all something that we are going to pass along. But it's also something that we're accountable for. And we want to be the best stewards there are. We want to be able to take and multiply it. We want to be able to, to see it grow and mature in unique and innovative ways. So, Lord, help us to recognize what you've entrusted to us. And as we recognize that, to pass it on 
to those who come after us. joining us on the Lingolstown Life podcast. If this message was meaningful to you, we hope that you'll leave a review and share it with others. If you want to know more about our church or would like to attend a service or community event, find out more at www.lingolstownlife.org. God bless you and may you go forth to love God and love others.